Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode six of The Raw and the Cooked. I'm your host, Dara Boxer, and I am so glad you're here. So today, we were actually supposed to talk about the refrigerator, what I stock my refrigerator with, and all of the things to keep it organized and healthy, which sounds riveting, I'm sure. Um, So I had an entire episode written out, ready to be recorded, but the truth is I'm teaching a pan sauce class in a few days at the cooking school where I work, and I spent a good chunk of the weekend working on my recipe packet and just preparing for uh, teaching our students all things pan sauce. And I'm just really excited about it. Like really, really excited about pan sauces. I cannot wait to teach our students everything there is to learn. So I decided on a whim just to whip up a new episode and, uh, and now here we are. So um, are you guys as excited as I am about pan sauces? Yeah. Well, I'm excited because I think pan sauce is meat's best friend. They like literally go together like peanut butter and jelly or maybe like peanut butter and bread or whatever. You get the point. Um, They're, you know, they're so easy to make. It's made with just a handful of ingredients, can be completed in less than 10 minutes, and it really just gives meat life. Like your protein looks better, tastes better. You'll probably impress whoever you're cooking for because it just like looks fancier. Um, and also just the variety and combinations that you can make, um, with what ingredients you use are just limitless for sure. Um, but more on that later. Okay. So the base of a pan sauce is the fond which is a very fancy word for the brown bits that cling and get stuck to the bottom of your skillet after sauteing or searing meat, poultry, or fish. And isn't that awesome? Like, I I just, I love that what you would normally be like scrubbing with a sponge and soap and water in your sink, like you actually get to use it uh, because it's kind of a crime to like wash it down the disposal, right? Like, it helps build a foundation flavor for our pan sauce. Um, and I will note that you can get fond in a non-stick, but it's not like the best. So I do recommend like stainless steel, cast iron is fine, copper, like really just like almost any other type of pan except for non-stick. Um, but if you don't have one, you know, just work with what you have. So yeah, bonus points for your pan sauce. It just, it forces you to deglaze your pan. Otherwise, again, you would be scrubbing off that font in the sink. So once our meat is done, you know, and you can, you can sear chicken, fish, beef, pork, like whatever you desire. Um, I think the best thing to do is to tent a piece of aluminum foil over it, either on a plate or a cutting board. And this keeps it warm while we get to work on our sauce. Um, and now to like, I'm, I'm going to like kind of walk us through how to make a pan sauce. Um, so bear with me. Okay. So the next step is we're going to add a little bit of more fat in, in our pan and it's either butter or oil. Um, and usually we're doing this on like a medium to medium high heat, and then we're going to add our aromatics and 95% of the time that's going to be shallot. Um, and you know, a shallot's best friend, garlic, right? Um, so shallots are the cousin of the onion. Um, however, they're just a lot more mild, um, and they, but they still do what they need to do as far as like creating our flavor foundation. Um, so I like to melt butter or heat up the new oil, um, dump in a handful of shallots and season with a, just a pinch of kosher salt and then cook until the shallots get 
soft and translucent lucent, excuse me. Um, and then I'm going to add in my garlic and just stir pretty quickly. Um, so the garlic doesn't burn, uh, just until it gets fragrant. And then we're moving on to deglazing and that's just adding like a little bit of liquid, usually like wine or stock or broth or a combination of the two. Um, you add it into the pan, which, um, the liquid helps release the fawn's hold on the pan and allows you to like very easily scrape it up with a wooden spoon. And, uh, please note that a wooden spoon is very important for a pan sauce. Like don't use rubber, don't use metal, like wood is the way to go. And in fact, America's Test Kitchen decided to hunt for the perfect wooden spoon. So they tested out, I think like 15 different wooden spoons to see like shape, thickness, like the bend and the curve, like how well you could scoop and scrape and just like all the things. I, I really love America's Test Kitchen for like diving super deep into like such small things, but like it actually makes a big difference. Um, so anyway, and then of course they went into like a six paragraph explanation on like why the winner won the wooden spoon competition. And of course I purchased it. So I'm a proud owner of it and yes, it is worth every single penny. Um, so I'm linking that along with the article in the show notes for you in case you want to check it out, but okay. So we're using our wooden spoon and after our liquid uh, is now simmering and reducing, it's concentrating our flavors and it's thickening it somewhat. Um, and for some sauces, which pretty much include like all of mine, I enrich it by whisking in butter at the tail end and just butter, right? Like so good. Um, okay. And backing up, before we even begin cooking our pan sauces, I think it's crucial to assemble your mise en place, which is a fancy French term for putting in place. And that's where we're going to have everything like measured, diced, chopped, weighed out, like ready to go because nothing is worse than like having the fire going and then realizing you like accidentally needed to like juice a lemon, right? Like things burn, things move quickly. So I recommend this like 100% for baking. I, I would never bake anything without having all of my ingredients like weighed and measured. Um, but that goes for like a lot of things I cook too. So unless you like really know what you're doing, but it's just like, I don't know, for a pan sauce, it's, it's just the way to go. We want to go ahead and get all of our ingredients assembled. And that is going to be your fat, your aromatics, your herbs, um, your, and your liquids. Um, and that's kind of essentially just like the meat and potatoes of a pan sauce. Um, so with your fats, of course, and you can substitute like literally anything you want, any different type of wine, any different type of like chicken, vegetable stock, any herbs. Like, I mean, it is just endless. Um, so it's so much fun. Um, I personally make a variation of the three of the same three pan sauces over and over. I make like a rosemary mushroom cream sauce, which is earthy and nutty and rich and delicious. Um, I make a piccata sauce, which is you know pretty standard, like the lemons, the capers, the broth, um, and butter and parsley. And sometimes I throw lemon slices in there. Other times I don't, uh, it just depends. Um, and sometimes I switch it up and like add rosemary instead. Um, I, I love lemons. They're like one of my favorite things. I always have them on hand. So whipping up a, a piccata sauce is just like no big deal. Um, and then a tomato-y thyme sauce. Um, and sometimes I'll throw in tomatoes or mushrooms. Um, sometimes I'll use tomato paste. Other times I don't. Sometimes I use balsamic as the acid. Other times I use lemon. Um, or wine. It really just depends. Um, 
And the beauty of a pan sauce is that you can you can just mix and match like whatever's in your fridge, whatever herbs, um, right? It's just it's just so much fun. Um, so I'm gonna break down each one of my favorite pan sauces pretty quickly for you guys, just so you kind of have a general sense. But you'll start to like notice the same pattern, right? Like oil, shallot, garlic, wine, right? Like it's, it's very simple. So these happen to be the three that I'm teaching in class, uh, this upcoming week. Um, in addition to a cherry thyme sauce, because I personally think that just screams summer. So, um, it's going to be really fun. We're going to use like dark cherries and thyme and red wine and a little bit of balsamic. It's going to be delicious. All right. So starting with my rosemary cream mushroom sauce, um, I'm using butter, quartered mushrooms, shallot, garlic, one part broth, one part heavy cream, minced rosemary, fresh from the sprig, reduced, um, and bam, there you have like creamy perfection. And with piccata sauce, again, I, I vary um, a little bit. Sometimes I use parsley, but for the most part, the the base is just oil, shallots, garlic, uh, lemon juice, broth. I usually do like a one part lemon juice to three part broth, um, capers and butter, just as much butter as possible because the more, the better fresh parsley, uh, that's minced and stirred in at the very end, which you definitely want to make sure your parsley goes in like at the end. And I also recommend whisking your butter off heat just cause like, if not, it just starts like cooking it and and you don't want to like ruin the flavor. And I do recommend whisking in cold butter. It just helps it keep a little bit richer. Um, and then we have my tomato thyme sauce, which again, um, I play around with what I add and throw in it, uh, just depending on just what I have, right? Like sometimes I have like a handful of cherry tomatoes that, you know, maybe they, they're going to go bad in a couple days and let's just cook them up now. Um, other times I have, um, mushrooms, just whatever I feel like it. Um, and that's oil, shallot, garlic, tomato paste, one part broth to one part wine or balsamic, um, whatever is in my fridge. Right. Um, and then a squeeze of lemon off heat, the butter sprigs of thyme are removed, add in fresh minced parsley. It's just pan sauces are just fun and you can pair them with, uh, any combination of protein, right? Like you can, they work any, anything works well with anything. And that's just the beauty of it. Like you're not limited. And one of my goals for this summer is to finally start my own herb garden. It's been something that I've wanted to do forever. And now that we like actually have the space and a beautiful backyard here in the suburbs that gets a ton of natural sunlight, I'm really excited to start planting my own rosemary and thyme and parsley. And I just think it's going to like really up my game to be like, yeah, that's like my own home, homegrown rosemary, right? Cause like they're only two or $3 a carton at Trader Joe's and they can usually last me about two weeks, but still like, why not just grow it myself? So that's a project that I'm really excited about. Stay tuned for photos. And I would love to end today's episode with a, what am I reading segment? And I actually just finished confessions of an ugly stepsister by Gregory Maguire yesterday. I thought it was lovely. I really enjoyed the perspective. He's the same author that wrote the book Wicked, which of course then got turned into like the the musical and the play. And it was so lovely and wonderful. And I remember 
going to see it a couple of years ago. So I, I was excited to get my hands on this book. Um, it definitely did not disappoint. Uh, it was a little bit of a slow burn for me. It took a little while for me to get really into, but like once things like started picking up, it was pretty hard to put down. Um, and I recently finished the Rose Code by Kate Quinn. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to be an unpopular opinion with this one. I, I was not a fan, to be honest. Um, I, it was so slow and it took forever to get into. And even when I was into it, I was like, okay, I'm ready for this to end. And I was just so bored and it was so long. I actually listened to this on, as an audiobook. And I actually listened to it on speed 1.9, which sounds ridiculous because that's where they're talking like a hundred miles an hour. But like, I couldn't just like, I, I had come so far and invested so much time that I didn't want to just like walk away, like at the three quarter mark. So I was like, I just need to get through this. And I just, ugh, I wish I could get my time back. It wasn't very good. Like I can see why people loved it, but it, I don't know. I'm just over it. So I think that's going to be my last World War II book for a really long time. And then really quickly, um, I'm also uh, like about a third of the way through The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. She is the same author who wrote 800 Grapes, which I read a couple of summers ago and really enjoyed it. So, so far, this is working out nicely as well. And finally, I am reading one Last Stop by Casey McQuinston. I think she's a wonderful writer. I read her Red, White, and Royal Blue last year and was totally in love with it. It was like a perfect book. And I'm only a couple of pages into the first chapter. I started it last night on my Kindle and again, just can tell already it's going to be a good one. So yeah, those are the four books that I've like recently read slash am currently reading. And thank you guys so much for tuning in today um, for the raw and the cooked, and we will see you back here next week. Thanks. Have a good day.